cancer of, uh, of um, lower intestines. And um, I just, I just want to share a couple of really fun testimonies that are happening in our community right now. Um, and he, I, I got the phone. He let me share all this stuff. But um, uh, back four months ago, um, it got really bad. In Mar- Actually, in March. Is that four months? Something like that. Anyway, he, his cancer spread from his lower intestines up to his liver and his lymph nodes. Um, and uh, he, he was just looking really, really bad. Um, but... The dude is the most lit person for Jesus I have ever seen. It is amazing to be around him. <laughs> you think he's going to be all like with cancer. He's going to be like, oh. But he just, you know, honestly, the people that are in our community that are like walking through stuff are some of the most Jesus-filled people. But October 25th, so like a week ago, he had a PET scan after doing some, um, after just prayer, lots of prayer, and just meditating on Psalm 91. Um, and he, they ended up doing some immunotherapy and chemotherapy. But as of October 25th, he had a PET scan. And he still has some in his lower intestines. But all the cancer is gone from the liver and the lymph nodes. Completely gone. Come on. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to kill cancer. Amen? Come on. I don't care how it goes. I just, we just, just got to keep it going. And then Janet... She's been dealing with that. She had a flare-up, was it like eight months ago? About eight months ago, she had a, um, she basically kicked cancer's butt, and then it decided to um, come on back for a second showing. And, um, and you had, and, and so she had a big, uh, on her, she had a growth attaching to her vocal cords, right? Um, and anyway, she, the fact that she's here all the time, it's amazing. Uh, but she's, she just went into the doctor, and the, uh, the, the, the tumor, I guess it's tumor, growth tumor, uh, has decreased down to just a third of what it was. And the original lump that she had is also shrinking. And my favorite is she's got one of her doctors, if I can share this, is, is kind of a pessimist, as some doctors can be. i got to be so real, you know, like, come on, just, just give me some good news. And, um, and so she was afraid to go into this guy, and even he is now saying it's shrinking. So, amen. <laughs> um, is there anybody here with cancer? Beyond, we've, been, she, we've been praying for her. Is there anybody else that's visiting? That Just checking. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let me jump through a couple announcements. Um, we got a couple things going on. By the way, if it's your first time here, raise your hand. We got a, we got a fun gift we want to give you. It's a good one. Don't. What's the look for? You don't have to stand up at all. I won't embarrass you, but we are going to give you a really fun gift. Um, anyway, we got a fun mug that we, I just think they're the greatest ever. Um, but raise your hand again. We just want to bless people that come in. We want to be generous. Okay, awesome. And we got, um, I'll, I'll, Joan, there's one more on this side too, even though there might be one in the back. Hold on. Um, announcements. Can we, um, is, I think we're almost done with the weekly announcement slide. We've almost accomplished them all. Um, don't have it. Got it. Just checking. Just kidding. Um, I think I remember them all. This Wednesday, say Wednesday. Uh, is that the 8th or the 7th? Yep. I heard a yep. It's the 8th. Okay, so Wednesday the 8th, right? Wednesday the 8th. I was make sure I got my dates right. Is um, is uh, it's called Seek Week, and all that whole week, Costa Mesa churches 
I think actually Orange County, it's, it's uh, headed up by Todd Proctor. Um, they, they're, all the churches are taking this week and like partnering in prayer for our region, for our nation, for our earth, okay? So it's pretty cool. I like that. I like prayer. We've been meeting Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. You can find that on our church website in the calendar section if you want to join us. But this Wednesday, we will also be meeting um, at that same church that we've been meeting at, uh, Pacific Point. Um, down in Costa Mesa, right next to the camp, just five minutes away. So that's, um, check our website. I don't know if I put it up there, but I've been posting it. Um, but we'll make sure. Carly, can you make sure we post that again a few times? Ah, amazing. Anyway, so that's coming Wednesday. I think it's 8 to 9. I think it's from 8 to 9. So if you can make it, great. If you can't, it's totally fine. But I encourage you guys, this, this is the week that we're praying to see something happen. So get ready. Um, 8 a.m., is that right? I think it's 8 a.m. 7 to 8, thank you guys, 7 to 8. So most of you guys could probably come. <laughs> no, I, I know, every, everybody just, we, we're so spread out, so I hear this all the time. I want to come to prayer, but it's like a 45-minute drive. So I get that. Nobody wants to drive 45 minutes in the morning in addition to what you have to do for work. So I love you all. Don't, don't worry about it. But if you feel like the Lord on it and you want to come, uh, there was these two girls that came this Monday. They drove an hour to get to us, and then we just, we just whacked them with prayer. It was beautiful. It was awesome. There's some crazy words of knowledge that were happening. Um, anyway, that's it. Any other announcements? No? Okay, good. All right. Oh, uh, Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. I'm just going to announce this. It's coming up. Friendsgiving is the 16th. <laughs> Penny, where you been all my life? <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, say 16th, say Friendsgiving, saying yum. Okay, so we're going to be doing Friendsgiving on the 16th. I think it's going to be here, if not at our house. So it'll probably be here if we can make sure we got to double check on the location-wise. But that's it. That's where we're going to have it. Um, it'll be mostly potluck and the church will provide some stuff. But that'll come in the future. We're excited. What? Friendsgiving. Uh, I know this. It's at 6, dinner starting at 6.30. Okay, 6, dinner starting at 6.30. So if you get off work late and there's traffic and you can't be as close at 6.30, but y'all are going to be bringing something, so you should probably come at 6. Okay, um, that's all I got. Um, oh, can we put the offering slide up? And then we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll jump into, no offering slide either? It was up? Okay. Oh, yeah. So if you're new or if you want to give this church, I love that. It's beautiful. Giving into the kingdom. It's godly. It's wonderful. Do it with a cheerful heart, though. Don't do it at compulsion. Um, but the Lord is doing this because you guys are giving. Isn't that amazing? God doesn't just snap his fingers and money appears. He actually does it through the generosity and the heart to act like Christ and give of our finances and our resources. So I know... Some people think church just kind of happens behind the scenes and nobody has to do anything, but it's, it's actually not true. There are, there are many of you that are incredibly beautifully generous, and I want to thank you for that. But So if you give, this is how you do it. And then um, normally we would pass a bucket, well, we used to, and you pray over the bucket, but we don't do that. So we're going to read an offering, um, declaration, but you guys got to stand up first. Plus, you got to get the wiggles out before we jump into a fire message from Micah. All right, you guys ready? I'm going to warn you again, I will stop us and start us over if it's not up to the standards, okay? You guys ready? <laughs> All right, let's go. As we give today's offering, we are believing God. 
too. Amen. All right, say hi to someone next to you because they probably came in after we started. Say hello to someone. Get their name behind you. Word of God just threw the mic. He said, he said, it is finished. I like that. All right, guys. I love the community happening. I almost don't want to stop it. Father, we just love you so much. I don't know why, but there's so many times where I grab this microphone and I start talking to this congregation and I close my eyes and I all, I like so many times I see Jesus riding on a chariot, just having a blast. I just pray that that spirit gets manifested on you tonight. Uh, the Lord is not in a bad mood. He's in a good mood. He really, really loves us and he really is in charge. He is victorious. He's conquered evil. He's conquered death. He's resurrected. He reigns on high, as high as it gets. There is no higher place he could possibly reign. He reigns over everything. And he, he is moving right here for you. So, Father, I just pray that you would come rushing in like a, like a wild man on a chariot. And that you'd move over our hearts, Jesus. Lord, if there's any broken spot in our hearts, Lord, I pray that you'd mend it. I pray you'd revive it. Where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus, you came for life and life abundantly. So, God, I pray for life and life abundantly in every human heart in this room and those watching online. Father, I pray that, and I thank you for it. I thank you that you do have plans to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. So, Lord, may the enemy's plans and um, thoughts be thwarted and defeated and crushed in every person's life in this room, Jesus. May you reign victorious in us. May healing be manifested right now. Freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man. Well, I got to go back in prayer for a second, guys. Scripture, he who sits in the heavens laughs. He laughs at his enemies. The pit that the enemy digs, he digs for himself. Lord, I thank you that you are not afraid of any trial or tribulation or difficulty befacing any of us. You're not afraid at all. You have complete hope 
you have vision, you see it all. So, Father, I just pray for that, that tenacity, that um, joy, that life to just be put in us like a seed that grows so deeply, Lord God, as we trust in you. And I love that song we were singing earlier. He is in charge of every page that turns for our future. Every page. He's in charge. Lord, we love you. Amen? Oh, man. Okay. The last um, few weeks we've been going through Corinthians. Last week, Jesse gave a beautiful message, mainly focused on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we talked about, I don't know why, but my hair feels wild today. Before, before I came, by the way, I looked in the mirror, and, and, I, and, I, and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm like Einstein, and my hair was crazy, you know, and I just have this vibe that it's about to get wild. I don't know what it is. I need a haircut, um, but I could feel it. I don't know why am I talking about this, Jesus. Um, but anyways, he gave a wonderful word about prophecy last week, and then the week before that, we talked about 1 Corinthians 5 to 10, and that was... Um, about righteousness, that you're a new creation, and that, um, that we're completely free people. But as free people, we are freely expressing the person of Jesus, not our old lives that we used to be. Um, and so this week, I, I want to just jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This chapter is about resurrection. This chapter is about life. Um, I think it's an amazing chapter. It's also, at the end of it, it's about, there's a good, like, paragraph and a half about the end times, which is fun. Why not talk about it? Um, but in the beginning, it talks about, hey, guys, I love you guys. Um, in the beginning, it talks about, this is a family church, by the way. If you're new here, we, we, uh, we wave to people. Um, <laughs> uh, What's this? What's this pointing? What? He's new too? I'll wave to you too. <laughs> All the new people are being like, magn- like magnifying glasses are over them. <laughs> um, as we talk about resurrection, Paul's talking about this concept where they weren't believing that there was going to be a resurrection from the dead. That when Jesus comes back, There wasn't going to be any resurrection. And he says, that's ridiculous, basically. And he goes into it. But before he does, he says these things about Jesus. So in verse verse 1, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters. I'm reading from the NLT. Dear brothers and sisters of the good news I preached to you before. Verse 2. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. Verse 3, I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and he goes on. He was seen by all these people. He just says the most important parts of being a Christian He says, Christ, the most important part, Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he resurrected on the third day. 
That's pretty simple. If you want to be a theologian, if you want to like understand the gospel and understand Jesus, we got to understand these first three things. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he resurrected. First of all, what does Christ mean? Christ. Christ. This is Messiah. It's the Greek ver- uh, version of the Hebrew word Messiah. Christ, Messiah, died for our sins. The prophecies in the Old Testament said that a Messiah would be born. This Christ was a special person. He wasn't just some religious leader. He wasn't just some anointed dude that was going to preach whatever. This was God incarnate. The Bible and the prophecy said that this one that would be born, his name would be Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Upon his shoulders will rest the government of heaven. Isn't this crazy? That this guy would be born and he would actually die for our sins. Isaiah 53, he would suffer and die for our sins. The chastisement of our sin was upon him. That brings us peace. Christ, the Messiah, God Almighty would take on flesh and dwell among us and die for our sin. Isn't that wild? I just got to take a side note real fast. Jesus is not some separate entity. Jesus is God who became a man. You know there's the image of God? You know there's not multiple images of God? Do we all know this? There's the image of God. The image. If you were to ever see an image, you would see Jesus from the very beginning. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And I know I've preached on this before in the past, and this this is complete side tangent, but I've just been feeling it all night. i got to say something about Jesus tonight. In the beginning, he said what? Let there be light. Sun, the moon, the stars were not created till day four. In 1 John, he says, this is the message we heard from the beginning. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. In the Gospel of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. God is beyond everything that's made. He's beyond the heavens. He's beyond the stars. He's beyond the whole universe and whatever exists beyond that. He's beyond everything created. He's beyond it all. God is not bound in the confines of humanity. He's not bound within the confines of creation. He's not bound within the confines of heaven. God exists forever. The throne is not even God. that wild he's not bound to heaven the throne of God Jesus what does it say he went and he sat on what throne his father's throne he's not sitting on God's lap he is God he's the image of God he's sitting on the father's throne guys are you getting this He's not sitting on Papa's lap. He sits on the Father's throne. Why? Because he is the image of the invisible God. Not an image. The image. He's the image. And he didn't become the image. He was born of flesh. He was the image from the very beginning. 
God is beyond all creation. And when he made creation, the first thing he did, he entered into it. And he shined. And through himself, he made everything. Oh, Trinity, so simple, yeah. <laughs> now we get into the seven spirits of God. No, okay. <laughs> All right, I got to calm down. I'm getting too excited. I start talking about Jesus and I'll start, you know, rambling. <laughs> Christ, this is the most important thing. The most important thing Christ died for our sin. He died for our sin. He was buried and he resurrected. And Paul goes on to say, there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. And he says, ultimately, he says, there's no resurrection of the dead. Then Christ wasn't raised himself. He says, if in the end of time, there's no resurrection of dead people, then Christ himself was never even raised, and we should be pitied above all people. But he says, no, this guy named Christ, which has, is a loaded term, which we just kind of jumped into a little bit. This guy died, and he didn't stay in the grave. He was the first fruits of a harvest. A harvest, which is wild. We usually, as Christians, will we'll preach, and uh, we, you guys ever hear like an end-time harvest, a billion harvest? We, we talk about harvest of souls, or Jesus says, you know, look at, the, look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the, anybody ever? Okay, okay. So we think in those terms, because that's what Jesus talked. Well, Paul talks in this term, and he says, well, there's a bunch of dead people, people that have died, and the resurrected Jesus is going to harvest them. <laughs> and there's going to be this wild resurrection at the very end. Isn't that crazy? And then he goes on. Here, let's look at it. Verse uh, 35. And then he says, but someone may ask, verse 35, how will the dead be raised? And what kind of bodies will we have? Now, I, I think that's a pretty cool question, personally. But here's what Paul says. What a foolish question. <laughs> How funny is that? What kind of bodies are we going to have? I think, I don't know. My, my inclination is like, that's a great question. But Paul says, that's a foolish question. And he goes into it and he explains why. And I stand corrected. Here he says, he says, when you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. What you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. When, then God gives it a new body that he wants it to have. So he goes into a full-on science lesson for them. And he says, okay, guys, think of a seed. All right, he puts on his glasses, puts on his white coat, starts teaching them. Think of a seed. A seed looks nothing like the plant. It's completely different. I mean, if you'd never even seen a plant and all you saw was a seed, could you even conceive of the plant? You get what I'm saying? And in that seed is so much life, so much potential, but yet it has to go into the ground and die first. Even Jesus says, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it will remain. But if it dies, it will produce much 
fruit. And here Paul is saying, your future, your future uh, will look like you being resurrected into a new body that is incorruptible and completely different than the one you are in right now. Are we following? Um, when Jesus resurrected from the grave, I don't know if you know this, but they're all talking in a room, for example. They're kind of scared. And all of a sudden, Jesus like, the door's locked because they were afraid they were going to die too because Jesus got, you know, beat up, whipped, thrown on a cross, nailed there. So they're locking the door, probably triple locking it, making sure no one can come find them. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks through the door or the wall. I don't know which one. Either way, it scared him a bit. And he said, it's okay, it's just me. Takes one of them here, put your finger in the hole they just pierced in my side. OMG, literally. In fact, it says they fell down and worshipped him, because truly, OMG. And he's God, and he also he shows up in the room, but see, his new body wasn't the same as his old one, confined to some kind of limbs. I mean, Jesus is walking on a road. It's called the road to Emmaus. He's on a path to a certain place. And he finds two disciples, and they're all kind of moping and sad because the Christ just died. Yet the Christ wasn't dead. The guy was living. And he's walking with them, talking with them, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, man. And their hearts are coming alive. They're like, whoa, he's telling us such cool things and telling us all the prophecy stuff about our buddy that just died. Next thing you know, they're eating with him, and all of a sudden their eyes are open. They realize, OMG, this is, <laughs> this is Jesus. And then what does he do? Does he say, see you later, get on a donkey, and hitch his way back down to his apostles? No, he just disappears. Listen, his existence was completely different once he resurrected. Yours will be too. Are we, are we understanding what I'm saying? Now, if you were to die right now, post this crazy resurrection that we're talking about. The Bible says to, to die is to be present with the Lord. To be absent from your body is present with the Lord in spirit. That's what it's like pre-Jesus coming on the white horse and the trumpets blasting and the resurrection happening. If you were to die today, to be absent from your body is to be present with the Lord. There is no delay of time. There's no, I'll see you in a little bit, Jesus, when you decide to come back. To be absent from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Yeah? But there's coming a time where those who are present with him in spirit will resurrect with new bodies and people might be alive like you and me watching this happen. Is that crazy? Let's read another verse. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Here, verse 50. Let's start there. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. Your body is not going to make it, but what he's going to give you is going to be absolutely wild. And then he says, verse 51, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. 
we will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then our dying bodies, having been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stop right there. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. He says this. He says, hey, when you, when you, you're going to die, humans die. But let me tell you a wonderful secret. Let me tell you a wonderful thing. You may not die. There is coming a time where Scripture says the trumpets will blast. That's how the Scriptures say it. Now, all different types of Christians might kind of define different things of what they mean, particularly when the trumpets sound. But let me tell you something. The same God that created everything is the same God who's going to wrap everything up and get rid of sin and death, period. The Bible says the last enemy to be defeated is death, and he's going to eradicate it from everything that's been created. All the death that you see around you, there is coming a time when death will be eradicated. But let me tell you this. If death is eradicated, what is left? Life. So here's the question. If life is all that's left, where do you find yourself? With God or without for life? Guess you what I just said? There's coming a time when death's going to be eradicated. And all that can be left if death is gone is life. But where do you find yourself? With God or without? That is why God is waiting. He's not waiting because he wants people to suffer death or pain in this life. He's waiting because he wants every man and woman to be saved. He desires all to be saved. And that's his patient endurance. Can there be one more soul that wants him for life? Because death is about to get eradicated. Are we following? And the Bible talks about, you see right here in this verse we just read, it says, at the last trumpet my dad told me this story that when he was uh, younger, I don't know how young he was, but he told me this funny story that he was in a church service and the preacher, he must have been preaching on this chapter because I don't know where else he would do it, but anyways, he's talking about this and all of a sudden, as he's talking about it, someone turns off the light and makes it pitch black in the auditorium and someone in the back like blew a trumpet really loud, you know, and uh, my dad tells it pretty funny. He said it scared, he scared him like horribly. He thought it was like the end, you know. And, uh, and then the, they turned the lights back on. The preacher's like, you know, you guys ready? You know, you ready? Uh, no. uh, but what the Bible calls trumpets, uh, I'm not saying that um, we're all going to actually hear 
the trumpet. But what we need to know is that the Bible calls it the last trumpet here. You know what that means? There's other trumpets. The last trump implies there's beginning trumpets. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't say the only trumpet will sound and all of a sudden the dead in Christ will rise and we who are living will see it and then we'll be transformed, boom, into these new bodies. He says at the last trumpet, well, the Bible talks about these trumpets and these are, think of them like major, major moments in history in which God is enacting his final plan of redemption. Think of it like that. Now, Christians might, some Christians might think it happened in the past. Some Christians think it's all happening in the future. And there's a bunch of talk about that. But regardless, what we know is this. This is the simple fact. You ready for this? Jesus went up into heaven. The guy has, as the Bible says, opened a scroll for the end. And he's opened these, what's called seals. And in the last seal that he opens, the seventh seal, there's seven trumpets. And these are these final moments for God to call humanity to him. They are wild moments. If you read about them, you'd be like, those sound like some wild things popping off in each of those trumpets. Um, And it is true. They are markers that shout, hey, the end is here. Are you following? And at this last massive human event that we will call the last trumpet. Whether or not we hear the trumpet is irrelevant, but when that last, sump- that last trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise. Jesus is going to come back. I, I love that in another passage, we're called to encourage one another with these words, these words about a resurrection. That when we are people who, God is not a God of death. The devil is about stealing, killing, and destroying. That's what Jesus says. I'm all about his theology. If he said it, I'm good with it. He says he's come to give us life life abundantly. And in the end, we will see that reality. Yes? But no matter what happens right now, everything that happens to us in this life, even if it temporarily feels like our story is ending in some kind of death, the story's not over. The story's not over. Yes? And Jesus is coming back. And here's what it says in verse 58. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Um, Father, we just thank you that you manifested yourself and showed us yourself. As the sun. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you died for us. We thank you that though our sins were as red as scarlet, you've made us whiter than snow. Can I get the worship team up here? I thank you that you've made us whiter than snow, God. I thank you. I thank you that there's coming a day soon 
where death will be absolutely eradicated. And I thank you for your great patience, Jesus, because you long for us to be with you, every single one of us. And we're willing to endure, endure these days for your will to be done, for more people to be saved. God, we love you so much. Father, I pray for a movement of your spirit in this church, Jesus, that is so hungry and so thirsty and just enraptured by you, moved by romance, moved by love, moved by passion. Um, That just comes from the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we honor you in this place. We worship you in this place. Last thing I just want to say is nothing that we have in this world is going to run with us into the kingdom of heaven. This body will not run with us. Physical exercise does profit you, the Bible says. Um, But in the end, your body's not even coming with you the way it is. Your bank account's not coming with you. Some of you have really cool cars. They're not coming house not coming your clothes not coming none of it it profits you little here that's a good thing but a little bit of perspective none of it none of it is as important as saying yes to Jesus and being with him and knowing him and receiving his forgiveness receiving his love receiving the freedom that he offers you, receiving his spirit. None of it comes close to the riches of heaven. None of it. Come on. Oh, I love you guys. This is, um, I just want to get the prayer team up here. Well, we could get a few more with you, Joan. That's fine. Um, let's sing a song together. I don't know what, whatever song you guys want. And you can feel free as we worship. If you feel like you want to come up and get prayer, we're just going to be closing here with um, one, maybe two songs. But if you want to come up, even during worship and get prayer, you can. If you want to stay there and worship, can we all stand together and just let's worship. Let's worship God as we end service. Jesus, you're beautiful, and I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. I know that your hair is white as wool, and I know that your voice sounds like water. Jesus, I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. I know that your head is white as wool. Your head is white as wool, and your voice sounds like water.
Your beauty. 